evening, excuse me, and uh, I'm going to be starting in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 10, and I want to look and see what Paul was saying to the church of Corinth right here, and some things that he was addressing in the church of Corinth, amen, there's a lot of things throughout the books of Corinthians that Paul was, the apostle Paul was having to address concerning the Corinthian church, they had a lot of challenges, a lot of uh, flesh, a lot of tradition, a lot of all kinds of various things uh, that they, uh, you know, encountered, wrong beliefs, amen, wrong mindsets, and so there's all kinds of things he was addressing, but uh, let's look right here in chapter 3 in verse 10, and what he begins to paint a picture of right here is really uh, the judgment seat, uh, the judgment seat of Christ, or the beam of judgment for the believers, and and he begins to kind of describe right here what will take place briefly. And starting in verse 10, and the word of the Lord reads. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians. I know my eyesight's going, but it ain't going that bad, man. I'll take it. If that's my fault, I'll take it. It may have been going bad when I wrote that. Amen. So let's look. Starting in verse 10, and the Word of God reads. He says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. Somebody say become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for this time of worship that we've already encountered tonight. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the worship team. Thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in each of our lives. I just pray, Lord, right now that as we come and collectively gather around and as the body of Christ and look at your word I just pray that you illuminate your word that you anoint me to share your word to teach and to preach your word and prepare our hearts to receive what it is that you have tonight father I thank you and I praise you you are worthy my king you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy Jesus father anoint me to preach your word God I thank you God forgive us for all of our sins just wash us cleanse us and cover us in your son's precious blood in Jesus' name, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand praise in this house, amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. 
I want to talk to you as he puts my, script, my sermon up there. I want to talk to you tonight about check your motives. Check your motives. Amen. And I want to talk to you about the motivation test. Amen. And so I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about motives. And one thing that we come to realize as Christians is that men will look at our actions, but God is looking at our motives. And God is concerned with the motive that we have behind what we do. Because sometimes we can do all the right things, but we can do them with the wrong motive. Sometimes we can do all the right things, but we redo them with the wrong motive or even the wrong heart. And the reason why I want to share this to you tonight is because there's certain things that we need to begin to grasp in the way that God looks at things concerning our life and look at things concerning what's important to the Lord. You know, we know the scripture that says, many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal the sick in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And he says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. See, sometimes even when we're doing the work of the Lord or when we're serving God, Sometimes we have to begin to evaluate ourselves, or like Paul says, amen, he says, examine yourself to make sure that we haven't got off track in certain areas, amen, and that when we're doing what we're doing with the right purpose and the right motive, amen, and the right hurt concerning it. And as we look in the scripture that I opened up with right here, we begin to see what Paul is saying to the church of Corinth and he's talking about a foundation being laid and he's talking about there's a master builder and that we build on this foundation, amen, and hopefully Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ is your foundation that you're building on and he goes on to say right here, amen, that now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. But he says, be careful how you build on it. Be careful how you build on this foundation. Be aware of how you're building, amen. And the way that we're building, amen, is not just what we're doing, but, amen, what our motive is for doing it. And all throughout the Bible, we begin to see where God begins to address the motive of the people. Amen. You know, when he began to describe and teach the disciples on how to pray, he would begin to lead them in the Lord's Prayer. But then he would tell them, when you pray, don't go pray in public so that you can be seen among men. Because if that's what you are desiring is to be seen among men, then that is your reward. And he goes on to say, amen, that doesn't mean we don't pray in public, but that means, amen, that what's my motive for praying? 
What's my purpose for praying? Amen. And he even goes on a little further and he talks about it when, with fasting. And he says, and when you fast, amen, wash your face and anoint your head with oil. And amen, don't fast so that you can be seen by men where you're shouting it from the rooftops. Amen. But you do it. Amen. Because you're doing it as unto me. Amen. Because if it's just so that you can, men can see you, then that's what your reward is. Amen. And so ultimately, amen, even when it comes to serving God and worshiping God, it's crucial that we make sure that our heart is right and make sure that our motive is pure. Because the Bible says this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But in the scripture that I'm sharing with you a little bit tonight, amen, we begin to see where he begins to describe rewards that will be there present for what we've done and how we've built on this foundation. Amen. And he goes on to say in verse 12, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each man's work will become evident. Now the first three of those, amen, are building in the proper way. Amen. He says those that are building with gold, amen. Those that are building with silver, those that are building with precious stones, amen. Gold, silver, and precious stones, they're not going to be burnt up in the fire, amen. And when we're building and we're building properly and we're building with the right motive, amen, and the right heart, amen, then these are things that are going to remain, because when the fire comes, amen, are y'all with me today? It's going to be tested in the fire. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, a lot of times we see it, amen, and we see people that are serving, and they're serving God. And when the fire comes, you begin to see what you really have. You know, when the fire comes, if they tuck, tail, and run, you understand where they're at. Hello, somebody. Somebody say, God is good. And so I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about motives. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be building with wood and hay and straw. Come on now. And so we begin to look at these things and what we look at what the motive is behind our service to God. Amen. And when we look at the definition of motive, Webster's definition says this, amen, that within the individual, that rather than without, which incites him to action, any idea, need, or emotion, or organic state that promotes to an action. In other words, what is it that creates you to do what you do? Now, I can tell you the Pharisees, the reason why they did what they did is so that they could be seen before men. And so ultimately, we got to begin to evaluate ourselves and why do I do what I do? What motivates me? What drives me? What pushes me into the action that I have? Amen. You know, because there's some people that they do what they do because they want to be noticed or they want a position. 
And then as soon as you take the position away from them, or as soon as they don't get notice in the way that they want, then they quit serving the way that they were. See, a real servant of the Lord doesn't have to have a position or a title in order to serve God. Because they have a desire within them that's driving them, amen, out of a pure heart. But the reason why we have to examine ourselves is sometimes we can start out right and sometimes we can get off track. Sometimes we can be serving God for the right reason, with the right motive, with the right desire. And somehow we got sidetracked, amen, and we got off track. And that's the time when we just need to come to God and we need to say, repent, amen. It's that simple. And ask God to begin to restore us back in the way that we need to be. So what's the motive behind our service to God? Or what's even the motive behind our worship to God? You know, when we come into this place... Do we come in here because we want to receive a feeling that the Lord has to give us? Or do we worship God because he is God and he is worthy of our worship? Are y'all with me today? Do we only lift our hands when we feel like lifting our hands? Or do we lift our hands, amen, because we know that God is awesome and we want to surrender to our heavenly father. And we just want God, amen, to begin to pick us up and we say, here we are, Lord. What is it that's driving us? Because the worst thing that can happen is we get to the end of this race that we are running, amen. And we find out a lot of things that we did were done, amen, with the wrong heart and the wrong motive, amen. Are y'all with me today? For the wrong reasons. And if we're not careful, certain things can creep in and begin to be driving us to do what we do. Are y'all with me today? In other words, we can begin to serve God out of selfish ambition. Instead of out of what we can give Him. In other words, we're serving God because of what we can get, not because of what we can give. You know, Paul gave an example of these men that were preaching in the book of Philippians in chapter 1. And this is a time when Paul was in prison, amen. And the Bible says that they were taking advantage of Paul being in prison by trying to make a name for themselves. And they were feeling they would make Paul jealous, amen, or of some sort, amen. But they had this motivation, amen, that was... For the wrong reason, amen. And Paul said that they were those who preached the gospel out of envy and rivalry. And he goes on to say that they were preaching out of selfish ambition. Their aim was to stir up trouble for the apostle Paul. I want you to look at that for just a moment. Could you imagine somebody preaching the gospel, amen, out of envy and rivalry? They were preaching a message of peace and love with envy and rivalry in their heart. And of course, Paul being the mature Christian that he is, he says, well, praise the Lord, amen, at least the gospel's being preached. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
See, not everybody, unfortunately, does what they do with the right motive or the right purpose. But God is seeking after the true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Can I get an amen? The true servants of God that will serve him, amen, out of a pure heart. And I want you to look at this today, amen, because you need to watch out because your motivation is showing. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, your motivation is showing. Like I told you before, man sees your actions, but God sees your motives. I know I always shared the testimony when I first. I didn't have the desire necessarily to be a pastor. I had the desire to see people encounter Jesus in the way that I had seen them encounter Jesus. I had a desire for people to come into the presence of the Lord where they could be liberated, where they could be set free and where they could fall in love with Jesus Christ. That was what was driving me. I didn't have to have a position or a title, amen, or anything, amen, in order to do that, amen. It was just something that was burning inside of me, amen, because I wanted other people to experience Jesus like I had experienced them, amen. And little did I know, amen, that I was pastoring before I even had the title of pastor, amen, and it wasn't until one day when I went to the pastors that I had in my life and I told them, amen, I feel like God is wanting something more out of me. I don't know what it is, amen. And the men of God began to show me and direct me and they said, here, amen, pastor this church, praise the Lord. Here, open up this home, praise the Lord. That wasn't my desire. That wasn't my motive. My motive was to help other ministers, amen, do what they were doing. My question to you today is, what is your motive for what you do? What is it that's driving you today? And is it the same thing that was driving you when you started serving God? Now, I understand we, when we all come into this thing, we all come into this thing broken and just needing Jesus, amen, and we need everything from God. We're takers, amen. But there comes a point where we turn the corner, amen, and we come into maturity and we either become givers, amen, or we continue being takers because our motive begins to change for what we're doing. And I'm here to tell you right now, what you're doing is going to be burnt up, amen, if it's not of God and if it's not with the right motive. Somebody say, God is good. In other words, when we do the motivation test, we discover whether we're doing something for our good or for the glory of God. And when we come to the house of God, we need to come here. Yeah, we need Jesus. And we need church. And we need a body of Christ. We need worship. We need his presence. Praise the Lord. We need it. But that doesn't need to be the only reason why we come here. We come here because we want to obey the word of God. Don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. We come here so that we can give back something to God. So that our praise and our worship can be an incense unto the Lord. In the nostrils of God. Amen. And be pleasing to him. Because that Bible says that's pleasing to God. 
when we worship, when we praise and our heart is pure, amen, that's blessing the heart of God. You're blessing him. You're ministering to him. I told him on Monday, amen. I told him about the Levitical priesthood and how some of the Levites, the priests, amen, some of their responsibility, amen, some of them was to minister to the people, but some of them was to minister to God. And you and I are the priests. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. I mean, are y'all with me today? And so we minister unto the Lord when we come and we do it with the right ambition, with the right motivation. To bring glory to God. Somebody say God is good. So Paul wrote about these things. He wrote about, amen, serving God out of selfish ambition or serving God out of greed, amen. He wrote in 1 Timothy about false teachers who saw financial opportunity in the gospel. Are y'all with me today? And then he begins to address serving God without love for others. See, I want you to look at this because... This is crucial because it's going to affect how you do things and how you handle situations and what you do, amen, what motivates you, what drives you. We can do the right things for the wrong reasons. Are y'all with me today? With the wrong motives. And you say, well, pastor, well, why do wrong motives occur? I'm going to tell you this. It's because people put their own needs first rather than the purpose of God. Are y'all with me today? He says, you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and everything will be added unto you. You put me first and I'm going to take care of you. We got to ask ourselves today, why do I do what I do and why do I give? If the only reason that we give is so that we can get something back, there's something wrong with that. I want to let that settle in. We give because we obey God, because we love God, because his word says so. And as a result, we get something back. But we don't give, amen, because we expect to get something back. Because if that's the way it is in our giving of our finances, how many of y'all know that's going to carry over in the way that it is how we conduct ourselves in our lives? Well, I'll do this if it benefits me. I hate to say this, but this is the way it is in a lot of churches. You see people that are trying to move up the church ladder, amen, and so they, they, they begin to serve and do what they do only because they have a, an ulterior motive on what they're doing. But not this church, praise the Lord. But God is examining our motives, saints. Are y'all with me today? You know, our service to God, it's hollow without love for others. Are y'all with me today? The thing that should be driving you, number one, is your love for God. And number two, your love for others. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor as you do yourself. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because it's going to begin. He knows when you get those right. Amen. Not only are you going to 
handle yourself properly, but also you're going to begin to treat others properly. And he already knows you're automatically going to serve. That's why I told him, I told him on Monday, I said, amen, whatever you do, you got to fall in love with Jesus, amen. Fall in love with Jesus. If you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to become a worshiper. If you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to become a servant of God. If you fall in love with Jesus, they're not going to have to tell you to do something. You're going to do it. Amen. If you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to go out there and tell somebody, amen, about Jesus Christ, about the gospel that will change their life. If you love Jesus, amen, because it's done out of a pure heart and nobody has to tell you to do it. And not only that, amen, but do you remember, amen, what Jesus was saying to Peter? He says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He asked him three times. And by the time he got in, by the time Peter got frustrated, yeah, man, what the heck? Why are you questioning my love for you? Well, he said, well, then feed my sheep. And how many of y'all know if you truly love God and you're a servant of God, amen, you don't have to be a pastor, amen, in order to take care of the sheep. You don't have to be a pastor in order to go, amen, and share a word of, amen, and look out for the people. Come on, somebody, Amen. But if all you are is your motive is, is wrong, amen, is incorrect, you're not going to have any desire for the sheep. In fact, when you see them, you're going to run. Because sometimes sheep stink. And you've got to deal with crap. And you're going to be hiding out. Somebody say, not me. Not Victory Live. Somebody say, check your motive. See, I want us to look at this because not only is God examining our motives, amen, put Proverbs 16 too so they don't think I'm lying. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Sometimes we think we're doing the right thing, but we're doing it with the wrong motive. And guess who's examining or weighing the motives? The Lord. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'd rather look completely wrong to man and completely right to God than I would completely right to man and completely wrong to God. If we truly have a fear and a reverence for God, I don't know about you, but I'm not as worried about pleasing men as I am about pleasing God. I always tell them, I said, at the end, you could go through a whole day and feel like everybody around you told you how horrible of a job you were doing. But at the end of the day, when you lay down before the Lord, amen, does the, how does the Lord feel about what you did that day? And how is the word line up with what you did that day? Because if the word lines up, the Lord's going to line up too. And when you get it like that, you're not going to get tossed all over the place, amen, by people, amen, and their opinions and their attitudes and their comments that sometimes derail us so easy, especially if we care about them. Sometimes the people that we care about can hurt us the worst, right? I mean, I know who I am in Christ. I know what Christ's word says about me. 
Amen. You're not going to be, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to beat me into a corner like that. Are you with me today? Now, everybody likes to hear comments that are positive. Praise the Lord. If you're married men, you need to say positive things to your wife. Otherwise, you're going to catch hell. It may not happen the first day, but it's going to happen the second or the third. Then you're going to wonder why the whole thing blew up. Hello. And they're really tolerable. It might happen like a couple weeks later. But that means they've been, they've been holding it for a couple weeks and it's fixing to really go. <laughs> You'd rather have one to just tell you what time it is right away. <laughs> the quiet ones are the ones you got to watch out for. Hello. <laughs> God is good, amen. But not only will God examine your motives, but he's going to reveal your motives. Everything that's in the dark comes to light. I mean, that's what the scripture we opened up with said right there. Amen. He says, verse 13, each man's work will become evident. The foundation that you're building will become evident. Because it's going to be revealed with fire. Praise the Lord. You know, you don't know, always know who's with you in the good times. You know who's with you in the bad times. Whoever's still standing there. <laughs> Come on. You know what you're really working with then, don't you? Anybody can stick with you when you're on the mountaintop. But what about when you're down in the valley? Anybody can stick with you when you're on your winning streak. But what about when you're on your losing streak? What about when you're down on your luck? Hello. What about when your bank account is on zero? And the dog don't even want to talk to you. Hello. I don't know about you, but I don't want no fair weather people in my life. Not in my inner circle. I'll keep you at arm's length all day long. Praise the Lord. Some of you had those type of people. You know, the only time they ever showed up was whenever it was payday. Or when you got your check in at the beginning of the month. Then when you needed their help somewhere in between, they weren't nowhere to be found. Wouldn't even answer their phone. Hello. Or when you get that tax return in. Now all of a sudden they're your best friend. You know, even, you know. And if you got a real twisted relationship, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden now your wife or your husband's nice to you. I've seen that happen, unfortunately. <laughs> you know. Real nice to you so that you can convince you to what to spend the money on. And then once you spend it, then they're nasty as can be to you again. Y'all are saying, that's crazy, Pastor. Well, I'm sorry. I deal with crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that's not in my household, but I've seen it. You pass there a little while, you'll see a few things. Somebody say, God is good. Yeah. Praise the Lord.
1 Corinthians 4, 5 says this, He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. He's going to expose the motives of men's hearts. You're going to be able to see it. Amen. All right. Y'all ready for the motivation test? Because the motivation test is going to reveal the inner intentions, the thoughts, the values, and the priorities that cause the type of decisions that we make. Your motive is going to determine your decisions. And one, you know, this is why one reason why Jesus, when he was here on the earth and he, had, he was preaching to the masses and, amen, he had all these disciples that were following him. Then all of a sudden he just started preaching just raw and uncut. Because he was trying to weed out all those, amen, that had the wrong motive. And he starts preaching, you know, the word, hey, if you want to be my disciple, you have to do this and do this and this and, and so forth and so on. You have to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh and you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and you have to follow me. Amen. And you have to, amen, hate your mother and your father compared to the love that you have for me and all these various things. Amen. Because he wanted to weed out the ones that had the wrong motive. And then he looks at the disciples. Amen. And everybody had left him after that. And he looks over at the disciples, and the disciples are still there. And, of course, what does he say? Amen. He says, are y'all going to leave me too? And, of course, they look at him and said, Jesus, we, ain't, we don't have nowhere else to go. <laughs> he tested their motives right there. Boom. Hello. He said, foxes have holes. And birds in the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his hand. You still want to follow me? Come on. I don't know about you, but that's the way, I, I mean, that's the way, that's the way, that's what works. Are you with me today? Praise God. If Jesus put, cut your pay, payroll, your salary, would you, still, would you still serve him? Somebody say God is good. All right, let's look at the motivation test. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Problems with improper motivations. First of all, we manipulate people for our own advantage. In other words, if you have the wrong motive, you're going to find yourself manipulating in order to get what you want. We mistreat people for our own advantages. You're going to find yourself mistreating people if your motive's not right. We steal glory that belongs to God. We steal glory that belongs to others. We're selfish in our heart and self-promoting in our spirit. We limit our willingness, look at this, to serve or sacrifice to those areas where it will provide us an advantage. In other words, amen, if your motive is wrong, you're going to find yourself having a lot of trouble serving and sacrificing when it's not benefiting you. 
But on the flip side, amen, if your pure heart is pure and your motive is right, you're going to find it easy, amen, in order to serve and sacrifice even when it's not benefiting you. See, this is a trick of the enemy because the enemy tries to get us caught up in this way, amen. But when we know our life is in the hands of God, and when we know, amen, that we're serving God because we love Him, amen, because we want Him to be glorified, amen, because we want others to encounter Him, amen, that's, when, that's the person that God is going to use. That's the person that God is going to bless. That's the person, amen, that's going to begin to walk through this thing with the joy of the Lord, which is going to be their strength. That's the person, amen, that's going to be blessed. Come on, somebody, in their spirit. That's the person that's going to have the anointing of God on their life. That's the person that God's going to use. If you wonder why you ain't being used, amen, you might want to check your motive. I think that's the only reason why God used me. He could have picked somebody way better looking, with way more education. Hello? You know? Somebody taller, more handsome. You know? I believe that's why he picked David the way he picked David. Because David's heart was right. His, he was a man after God's own heart. His motive was right. His purpose was right. He, he may have made some mistakes. He may have got off track. But at the end of the day, he loved God. Amen. And he wanted God to be glorified. I'm trying to help somebody out today. God is good. Amen. Improper motives cause us to compromise values that were meant to guide us. In other words, if our motives aren't right, it can create compromise in our life. Improper motives cause us to be separated from God's presence. And improper motives cause us to be separated from God's favor. Come on. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at your motive. Amen. You know, I want to share with you a scripture that just came to my mind. Praise the Lord. James chapter 4 and verse 3. Can you put it up there for just a moment? You know, there's some people that they treat God like a glorified slot machine. But they forget what James said. Look at this. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. See, these folks serve God for only what they can get out of him. And it's like a burger. It's like a customer at Burger King. They want it their way. And, they're, and, they, and they aren't too proud to ask God. Amen. Hello. Not only do they want it their way, but they'll ask God to supersize it. Hello. So my question to you, saints, is why are you serving God? Why do you worship God? Yeah, there's, there's so much that we receive from it. It's out of doubt. 
You sow, you'll reap. But God is so concerned with our hearts and with our motives and why we're doing what we're doing. And we can go through life, amen, serving God in whatever kind of capacity and find ourselves at the end of this thing, amen, coming up empty. Coming up empty. We'll stand there before that beam of judgment, that judgment seat of Christ, and see all this stuff burn up right before our eyes. God wants a pure heart. That's why he chose David. David was a man after God's own heart. Can the worship team come up? Improper motives, they cause us to be less than what we could have been with God's favor. Don't miss out on what God has for you, please. There's nothing like the favor of God. The favor of God is greater than any, any amount of money. The favor of God is greater than any position. The favor of God. It brings it all. The favor of God. So I'm going to ask you today, tonight, saints, why are you serving God? What is your motivation for worshiping? Because sometimes we can get off track. We're all vulnerable to get off track. That's why we need a Bible to line us back up. The Bible says, amen, that the word of God is active, it's living, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces the divide, soul and spirit and bone and marrow, and it judges the intentions of the heart. The intentions. But when we look at it in a mirror, amen, looking at it like this, we begin to see our intentions if they're off track, amen, and we begin to line it back up through repentance, amen. And let God refresh us and refuel us and, amen, get back where we need to be, amen. Are y'all with me today? The last thing we want to do is become a bunch of religious Pharisees. Because religion has no power to change your life, no power to set you free, amen. And it doesn't glorify God. God, Jesus spent majority of his time rebuking the Pharisees, calling them out. And he was rebuking them because they didn't have any love in their heart. They didn't have love for God and they didn't have love for people. They had reverence for God. But they didn't really truly have love. And that's why when Jesus came preaching this message that was contrary to everything that they were familiar with, it just wrecked their world. And it made them mad to the point to where they just put that sucker right on the cross. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes you're going to find yourself, amen, where, like he preached Sunday, where the, the gospel will be offensive. Jesus is going to be offensive. It's going to be that way to the religious person. I don't know about you, I can't afford to be religious. Because where I go back to is, not, is, not, is nowhere to go. I need the power of God in my life. I need the anointing of God in my life. I need the favor of God in my life. I need the blessing of God in my life. I need it. 
I need it, and so do you. So I asked you today, why are you serving God? Are you serving God out of interest in his plan for you? Are you serving him to the extent that what he does benefits your plan for your life? See, that's where he says, my will be done, not thy will be done. Let my will be done. Let God's will be done in your life. You can't go wrong. I promise you, you won't, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. I don't pray for a whole lot in my life. You know what I pray for? I pray for wisdom, for the will of God. Whatever it is, I don't pray for material stuff. Amen. I don't pray. I pray for God's will. Show me, God. Because I don't even want it if you don't want it. Because then I'm going to have to figure out how to pay for it. But if it's his will, it's his bill. Come on. If it's his will, it's his bill. He's going to have to figure out how to pay for it. He already knows how. Because he owns cattle on a thousand hills. And I want you to check your motives today. And if your motive is not right, that doesn't mean that you leave the will of God and you leave from serving God. That means that you ask God to change your heart and change your motive and change it. He'll do it. If he can take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, amen, he can change your heart today and give you back a heart for, amen, for him and a heart for his people and a heart for his ministry and his kingdom. He'll do it. He's faithful. But just ask with the right motive, amen. And when you ask in faith, amen, God will release it into your life supernaturally, I promise you, amen. He'll do it. He'd do it. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it, amen. Somebody say, I believe it. Some acceptable motives, and I'll close. I'm motivated by the desire to be pure in heart. I'm motivated by the desire to be obedient. I'm motivated by the, the, the duty of a, being a servant. I'm motivated by the desire to glorify God. That was what was motivating these disciples that God used in such a way. That was what motivated John. Amen. The beloved. That was what motivated Paul, the apostle, one of the greatest men in history next to Jesus. And that needs to be what motivates you. And when you get all that in line, the sky's the limit, I promise you. And you're going to see God blow your mind. And you're going to see God use you in a way like you could never even begin to imagine, even think. Amen. I promise you. Amen. Just get that right. That's the one thing I got right. I didn't get too much right, but I got that right. But now I've got to keep it right. Now I've got to keep it right. Hello. Because there's many that have gone astray, the Bible says, because of various things. Amen. And there's some that have even fallen away from the faith because of it. Stand to your feet tonight.
But when we have the proper motive, saints, God is glorified by our actions. How many of y'all want to bring glory to God? Amen. When the motive's right, God's glorified by our actions and God's purposes are fulfilled in the earth and people are blessed by our actions. <laughs> when our motive's right and our heart and our spirit is pure and is untainted and our blessed future in God is assured. Come on, you can't lose. You just got to get this right. Get this right. Get this right. Everything else will follow. Why are you serving God today? And if it's not right, ask God to give it to you. He'll give it to you. Come on, every, every eye closed for just a moment. If you repeat after me, say, Father. Father.